Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Sports and Jorts. We got a pretty interesting one today. Lots of NFL draft talk. As everybody knows, it's going on tonight. Very excited for that. We'll kind of break down the uh, first round and what quarterbacks we think are going to get picked. Maybe some uh, surprise picks if uh, we don't see who's going there. Um, let's start off NBA playoffs. Heat win 4-1 to in overtime. Advance the next round. My question is, is Jimmy Run on this miracle run? Is Jimmy Butler on this miracle run? Is he finally going to get an NBA title? I don't think so. Um, I think there's just too much that needs to happen for that to be able to go into effect. However, I think this man deserves some respect. Definitely, he's, I. it looks like he's carrying the team on his back. He's got a chip on his shoulder. And, uh, yeah. Uh, LeBron James has a shaky night. Missing 12 of 17 shots. 12. Unheard of for him. Um, He says he'll be back game six, ready to go. I think it'll be definitely interesting, but I think this man is finally showing some signs of slowing down and is showing his age. Um, I guess the Lakers will have to take an evaluation at the end of the year and kind of see, is he doing them more harm than good at this point? I mean, we've already got him sitting out for rest minutes. Now we're starting to look at missing 12 of 17. Uh, when do you learn to just pass the ball? Pass the ball, be the assist player. Yeah, I know you want to keep playing. You want to play with your son. All these good things, but when, when is this finally too much? Uh, next, Minnesota Timberwolves uh, hurting themselves. Uh, their guard, Anthony Edwards, apparently swung a chair following their loss. Um, in game five and uh, hit two female employees. Very disappointing to see. He was cited for assault following the, the game five loss. They ended up losing 112 to 109. He missed a big three-pointer to try and tie the game up. Uh, I understand being upset, but you can't act like that. You, you know better. You're supposed to be professional. Don't do it. Um, yeah, so next playoff, like big playoff pictures, uh, Miami, the Knicks, Philly, Nuggets, and the Suns, they punch their tickets to the next round. Boston and Atlanta, big game six tonight. Um, we'll see if Boston's finally able to get this done and knock them out. But Atlanta's playing tough, you know, uh, Trey Young hitting some big threes. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if this needs a game seven. If it gets to game seven, I think Atlanta's going to take it. Um, but if Boston obviously wins tonight, they'll seal the deal. Tomorrow we get to see the Warriors, see if they're finally able to stop playing around and can finish off the Kings and get a couple days of much-needed rest. The Lakers and Grizzlies game should be pretty interesting to see if LeBron bounces back like we were talking about earlier and seal their ticket to the next round. If both the Lakers and Warriors win, then uh, I think that series will be super interesting because they'll be obviously get to play each other. And uh, I think that will be a tough one. It, it, it's going to go one of two ways. Either the Warriors are going to win 4-1, 4-2, knock them out pretty quick. Or the Lakers are going to draw that out to Game 7. It's going to be a tight series and uh, a very interesting series to watch. So I think it obviously will be one to watch either way to see either the decline of LeBron James and that Lakers team or to see a real tough, good series. Uh, moving on right on over, talk about some NBA play, or NHL playoffs. I'm sorry. 
Uh, Boston dropped game five in overtime to drag this to game six. Everybody was hoping Boston's going to kind of roll over, or not roll over, but roll the other team over, but not happening. Uh, they're fighting hard. The Panthers are fighting hard. Uh, tonight, you can see the Maple Leafs are able to seal the deal. Hopefully not in overtime this time, but um, yeah, see if they can finally punch their ticket. The Islanders uh, beat the Hurricanes to stay alive in force game six. I think looking back, we're going to see that it's been a pretty close series um, and a very intense one to start off our, start the playoffs off. The Rangers look to seal the deal tonight, as well as the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights. They're hopeful to keep that win streak alive and send the Jets home. After the first dominant win in the series, the Oilers have a shot on Saturday to punch their ticket in the next round. That series has been, I believe, the closest series um, in the NHL playoffs so far. Lots of overtime, lots of close games, one-score games. Um, I'm sorry, one-score games to uh, uh, end the game. There it is. And I, I think that's going to be, come back, looking back, it's going to be one of the closest closest series that we have in the NFL play, or NHL playoffs. Um, if the Stars want to drop the ball um, in their game, their one loss game last night, they wouldn't be playing tomorrow, but here we are. And let's see if the same team shows up on Friday. One of the most interesting series in the, or one of the most interesting stories so far, uh, the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champs, are uh, down 3-2 after losing game four in overtime. Well, Seattle isn't necessarily, I wouldn't call them a bad team. Obviously, they're in the playoffs. They've played well. Um, they've got 82 wins under their belt. They're not a bad team. Um, but I don't think anybody in the world of hockey, obviously minus the Seattle fans, would expect the series to be going this way. Um, I think everybody kind of expected Colorado to just walk over Seattle and walk their way back down to the to the semis, play Las Vegas, and see where it goes from there. But that's obviously not happening. I think that's going to be a really interesting game to watch to see um, see if Colorado is able to pull it off or not. So let's go ahead and just roll right on over. We'll get into the NFL draft. I know you all have been waiting for Everybody's been waiting for the NFL draft. We've seen a couple trades come up late with the Rodgers trade and a couple other little trades. But... I, I uh, want to break down the quarterback outlook for this first round. These top five quarterbacks. We've got a very quarterback-heavy draft right now. Um, looking at who is rated the number one overall quarterback in this draft, we've got um, Young from Alabama. Obviously, he's played great football. Um, at number two, they've got Levis of Kentucky. Um, three, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. Four, Richardson from Florida. And then five, Hennon Hooker out of Tennessee. Um, I took a look at uh, Matt Miller of ESPN. He uh, did a mock draft, and uh, he has all five of those quarterbacks going in the first round. No surprise to um, anyone, really, but two of those top five are looking at being drafted by the AFC South. Um, let's admit it, the AFC South is garbage, minus Tennessee, but they're hit or miss, really. Wild card team. I mean, they make it in the playoffs because who else are they really competing with? 
Jags may finally be stepping it up, but they seem like they're a building block away from that. Houston's in the toilet. So is the fucking Colts. They're it, it, that that whole division is just god awful. We we can just admit that god awful. The Titans seem to be wasting Derrick Henry's youth, but nevertheless. Um, so, number one overall draft pick, we've got North Carolina. They've got Bryce Young going to North Carolina. No surprise there. Uh, that's probably one of the easiest calls to make, um, They know, unless somebody knows something that, that we don't, right? If we know some underlying injury, some crazy condition that we, we haven't heard of. Um, it's happened before in the draft, but it's it's not a usual thing that we see, especially when we're talking about the number one overall pick. Those they're scouted so heavily and overanalyzed, under like like every aspect of their life is dug into. That usually they know. Uh, the reports also coming out of the Panthers organization is that they are in love with Young from the top to the bottom. Um, if there's any other quarterback that. Carolina may be looking at and maybe CJ Stroud of Ohio State. All fingers are pointing to Bryce Young. I don't see why he wouldn't be the quarterback um, uh, of their future, of their franchise. And I I think he's a good fit for their system. And I really see that going that way. Uh, Next quarterback that we we have coming off the board in this mock draft is uh, CJ Stroud. Uh, going to the Colts, uh, this kind of goes against uh, what everybody's kind of looking at and saying in the league right now. They're saying the Colts prefer Will Levis of Kentucky because of his style of play. Um, personally, I think it would be good for the Colts for them to kind of get out of this quarterback cycle, this old system that they've been running. I mean, if we look at the last three quarterbacks, well, I guess four, but three big quarterbacks that have played at the Colts, it's been Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan. Rivers and Ryan, old, past their prime. I get it, you want a shot with them. Not going to happen. Now, you also throw in the mix of the terrible trade that they made for Carson Wentz, and what are we getting from that? You're getting a ticking clock on the youth of Jonathan Taylor in that offensive line. I know the offensive line needs some help, but you're wasting what aspects you have. Um, I The problem that I see, if they don't draft correctly, the receiving core of the Colts is not great. So if you do not give Taylor and potentially C.J. Stroud a support from that receiving core, you're going to see Taylor getting run over, Stroud getting run over. Yes, Stroud is a dual threat quarterback and that kind of helps that offensive line and some of those receivers but you can't run him all the time. We've seen that with RG3 a long time ago. It will break quarterbacks. So, interesting there. Uh, Next team on the mock draft we have quarterback going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Obviously they just traded for Jimmy G. Jimmy G's getting older. I believe he's 32 now, 32, somewhere between 32, 35. Pretty sure it's 32. Um, so they're they're obviously still in the hunt for their next long-term franchise quarterback. That they but they need somebody good there. While while it's going on, um, the mock draft has the Raiders taking Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Um, 
he's not really worked in a pro-style offense, and he's had some issues with accuracy. Um, however, we, we talk about development. That's something we could see the Raiders taking, right? They, have, they need a quarterback that they may be able to develop for a couple years under Jimmy G. Um, however, I wouldn't be surprised if they go with a Will Levis. Obviously, Levis has his own issues, um, but he has some more time in a pro-style offense, and it would give him a shot. And he, they're saying he's quarterback or he's NFL ready, which Jimmy G has had issues with injury in the past. So they probably should have somebody that's ready to go. Um, I, I have kind of a crazy, crazy thought here, but uh, I was looking through all the different quarterback prospects and where they might go and all this good stuff. I came across this guy Clayton Tune out of Houston. I know Houston didn't have a great program last year um but he gets overlooked because of his lack of arm strength downfield resulting in a bad accuracy downfield um i think if the raiders are looking for somebody that they can develop under jimmy g for a long term tune might be the guy um he's shown a great ability in reading the defense and doesn't hesitate to throw the darn ball um a few years under g probably would help him develop into more of an NFL offense, see what the Raiders are looking for, um, get him some more arm strength while going downfield under strength and conditioning programs for the NFL. Um, I was looking through the entire draft, uh, this mock draft, obviously. Matt Miller has this dude going nowhere, nowhere. I'm not talking not in the top three rounds, not in the first day, not in seven rounds. Does he have him going? I think that if a team is looking for a quarterback that they can develop potentially later down the road, be able to use in a couple years, this might be your guy. Um, it'll be pretty interesting to see if he gets picked up, put on some practice squads, maybe maybe even as a, a backup, second or third string for a while, kind of like what the Colts are trying to do with Sam Ellinger. Um, I think this dude could actually develop into, into being your next guy. Um, so we've got our next AFC South team, Tennessee. Tennessee um, obviously terrible draft pick last year quarterback didn't work out well still have Ryan Tannehill decent quarterback especially with the run support that he gets but now we're starting to see that he's injury prone um, we obviously seen this coming from like week three or four that they're probably going to take a quarterback I didn't really know if they're going to take one in the first or second round, maybe even the third round with how deep this draft class is. But I think they're looking for somebody that may be ready to step into um, that NFL role in case Tannehill gets hurt like he did and does, I should say. Um, maybe not even if or when Tannehill gets hurt. Um, they This mock draft has them taking Will Levis of Kentucky. Obviously, if he's still on the board there, I 100% agree with that pick. Um, he's shown that he's worked in pro-style offenses before and has excelled in run-heavy offenses. Um, can we just say Derrick Henry? That's a run-heavy offense. We know that. Henry's been carrying the ball a lot. If we can work in some play action with some passes down the field, maybe Levis is your guy. His decision-making... Um, has led to some turnovers, 
and that's probably been one of his biggest drawbacks while he's been at Kentucky. Um, I think with some time under Mike Vrabel and the coaching staff there at Tennessee, that will change, and he'll develop to be a, a pretty good um, NFL quarterback. Um, at 23, we have the last quarterback projected to pick be picked in the this mock draft for round one, and that's the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Matt Miller's got them taking Herndon Hooker. Herndon Hooker with the vertical speed on the outside, um, the receiving core of Minnesota, I think that will help him significantly. I think the base issue we're going to run into is Tennessee used to run that so fast-paced offense. Ridiculous speeds. Um, and I think transitioning from that to the NFL, a slower play style, is going to potentially hurt him and his prospects in the NFL. Um, obviously, working under Kirk Cousins, it should help him um, be able to transition over better. So... The biggest setback to um, Henry Hooker right now that we're looking at is that ACL tear. Everybody's talking about it, right? Otherwise, he probably would have been second or third pick. Decent dual threat, has a good arm. Um, he's played in some big games, but that injury. Um, Kirk Cousins is supposed to come up, be a free agent next year at 35 years old. So, I mean, that gives a season under him for um, Hooker to be able to kind of develop into more of an NFL-style quarterback, which I don't see as bad. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the Vikings took um, Richardson out of Florida, if he's still available, just because of the injury issue, or if they're looking to go a different direction to kind of maybe franchise tag... Um, Cousins for another year. Maybe going with somebody like Jaron Hall from BYU. Um, Hall has shown a lot of great potential. Um, has had some concerns with being a little smaller than your traditional quarterback and having dealt with some injuries throughout 2019, 2020, and 2021. Anywhere from concussions to rib injuries. He's, he's had some issues. Um, definitely has shown some toughness. Toughness. But I think a year or two under uh, an older Kirk Cousins, maybe that polish that Hall needs to be able to develop into that franchise quarterback. I wouldn't be surprised to see him either bust or, or do pretty significantly well, maybe even be a substantial backup quarterback at, at another team if he isn't drafted here. He'll probably, if, if he doesn't get drafted in that first round, he'll probably go somewhere in the second or third round. Um It'll be interesting to see. I think this draft tonight will be very, very interesting. It's a very quarterback-heavy class um, with some great skill players, some, obviously some great defensive players. I think this is one of the best drafts we've seen in a few years um, as far as just sheer depth of and caliber of players that we have coming into this draft. Um, but there's always those underlying looming things. I mean, we have Houston potentially looking to take a quarterback in the first round and what is that going to do to shuffle things up? Are we going to have big trades? I think it's going to be very interesting to see that. Uh, so moving on, MLB talk. 
Just to touch on this, I know it's still super early in the season, but Tampa Bay is destroying people. Destroying. Um, they're the favorite in the American League by league by four games. Is the closest person they've got. Um, there's no clear drop-off in the American League, but there is definitely a, a step or two between Tampa Bay and the rest of the league. Um and it's not just by, oh, they're up by four games. It is the dominance that they are having. They, their their differential is 87 runs, like 30 games into the year. That's that's crazy. Like, they, they I, I don't even know. The They have the least amount of runs in baseball, uh, the least amount of allowed runs in baseball, and the most runs scored. So they're putting the bat on the ball and they're sitting people down. Point point blank. That's what's happening. Uh, clear front runner for the World Series after this point. I think it'll be disappointing for them if they start to fall off. Obviously, they're not hot at the right time, but it definitely does look good. Um, National League, we've got the Pirates, the Braves, the Brewers. Uh, they're all kind of battling it out for that top position. I think they're all within like a game of each other. Uh, I think the uh, Pirates and the Braves are tied at first, and then um, the Brewers are back by like a half game or a game right now. And uh, it seems the Braves are playing better on the road and are on a three-game win streak right now. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them come out a little ahead of everybody else there. Obviously, it's still, still early in the season, I know. But they've got 11 different teams within five games of first place. 11. That's like three-fourths of the league within five games of first place. It's a long season. But if they keep this run up, it's going to be crazy. Um, it's a definitely a very interesting story going into this season, and I love to see competitive baseball. I think this new uh, pitch count rule... Definitely is very, very interesting to see. Obviously, I haven't seen a terrible amount of calls, but it's definitely speeding baseball up a lot more and making it more interesting to watch, which is what the people wanted. We're not sitting through a four- or five-hour baseball game. It's, it's cutting them down to two, two-and-a-half, three hours, and it's, it's exciting. Definitely more exciting. And speaking of ex- exciting... Um, I'm going to butcher this name. Um, Sheo Otani. I've heard this name a hundred times. I started digging into his stats the other day. And wow. Wow is the only word that you can have for this guy. Um, He is showing the world what it means to be a two-way player. He is putting the bat on the ball. And he is sitting people down. Literally. Um... Batting average of a .261, pretty good. Also six home runs. He's a pitcher, guys. He is a pitcher. Um, it's pretty amazing um, anytime he comes up to the plate because he's getting hits. He's driving runs home. And, and that's not even the best part about him. His ERA is .64. You heard that correct. A .64. It's not even one. Dude's only allowed like two runs the entire season. And he's only given up eight hits through 28 innings pitched. Eight. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, 
I, I think I was listening to some uh, sports better the other day. It's talking about the plus minus on betting for Otani to complete the cycle, which is a single, double, triple, home run, and pitch a no-hitter. And honestly, I would be willing to bet that. If you bet a dollar on that every time this dude pitches, you're going to be a millionaire at some point. I think he's going to be the first professional pitcher to, to, to ever do it. Um, you look at the dude's strikeouts, he's got 38 strikeouts already. Um, it just makes you so much more excited to watch this guy pitch. And so then I started breaking down the math. So doing the math together here, um, with eight hits through 28 innings, three batters an inning, um, that gives you roughly 92 batters that this guy's faced. Um, and he's struck out 38 of those. That's 41% of the batters that he's faced he's struck out. That, that That's awesome. Awesome. I'm so happy for this guy. Congrats to him on playing well. I hope to see him and the Angels make a big push this year. Maybe make it back to the World Series and see what they can do. Um, it'd be amazing to see. It's always amazing to see you guys doing great. And, uh, yeah, later this year, this baseball season is going to be exciting, guys. Very, very exciting. Um, well, that's all I got for today. Hope you guys tune in to the NFL Draft. Maybe watch some NHL hockey tonight and some basketball. Uh, obviously, a lot of sports going on tonight. Big time of the year for that. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and leave a review. Hit me on tw- up on Twitter at sports underscore in underscore jorts. Um, let me know what your thoughts are. Drop in. Just uh, say hi. I mean, I get bored sometimes and I uh, could use somebody to talk to. So let me know what you think, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next time.